With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to a Squabble Box podcast. Hi, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast version 2.0. Starring, featuring, starring, featuring, I wanted to. Uh, me, Johnny, and my good friend and cohort. James. For tonight's film, James picked one. Let's see, how do I put this? Well, at the time, Vincent Canby from the New York Times felt the film was a nasty, dimly executed exploitation movie about a psychopathic fellow who roams around Los Angeles strangling women with stockings and then mutilating their bodies. Uh, he also says the performances are terrible, as are the writing and direction. Uh, let's see. Paul Taylor and Time Out Magazine called it a routinely, routinely mindless sickie, and it didn't get better reviews as time went on. So all that makes it perfect for our show. Yes, I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> I needed the film is the 1979. Well, it says 1980 release date, but I've read 79 places. It looks like it was filmed in the late 70s. Oh, no, it definitely was. You know, um, the 1980 psychological horror film, co written and directed by Robert Hammer. So, technically, a Hammer film, but not. Ah, really. uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it was also seized and confiscated in the UK under Section 3 of the Obscene Publications Act of 1959. I don't know if it's uh, considered a video nasty, but... It, it was. Okay. Well, it said during the video nasty period. Okay. Everyone. Okay. It, I don't see how it couldn't have been. The film is about a... Well, the film is Don't Answer the Phone. Written like, uh, on... Written well, by make Mike sure you don't make a collect call or, or you, someone is a call collector, you get charged, right? That's my... Uh... Do <laughs> Are there still are there still payphones anywhere? I don't think so. There's got to be somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I can't yeah. can't imagine there's none. Yeah. Um. Are there any? Are there any? Uh, are there any free roaming cows? Probably. Are Are there, or are they all accounted for in in in? Farms? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe I, you I mean, use like a burner phone. Maybe. But but it's the same thing with the cows. My buddy asked me a question once. I go, that's a really good question. Turns mm-hmm. out there are no wild cows. Mm-hmm. Figure, you'll figure, unless they escaped. <laughs> so anyways, movies don't answer the phone. It's directed by Robert Hammer, Hammer, written by Michael D. Castle and Robert Hammer, produced by the same two. Stars Denise Gallick, Nicholas Worth, James West, Westmoreland. Nicholas Worth. I've seen him in Dark Man. Yeah, I know who I mixed up with somebody else for a second. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Music by Byron Alred. I swear to God, I know that name. Hmm. <clears throat> but I don't, I, I don't think I do. It maybe sounds like a <laughs> name. No, I mean, because I'm looking at it and it sounds, it looks and sounds familiar, but then I never, I can't find anything with them. The movie stars uh, Nicholas Worth. Yes, Nicholas Worth plays Kirk Smith, an ex Vietnam vet, because it was the late 70s. Okay. He's, a, he's an amateur bodybuilder, he's a Vietnam vet, and a talented porno photographer. I don't know how talented you have to be to photograph porn, but yeah, fair enough. And he uh, lives in good old LA, James Stomping Ground. We're actually, I'm about two hours away, but close enough, closer to yeah. him. <laughs> uh, he likes picking up young women. He likes uh, strangling them till they're dead, and then sexually abusing their dead bodies. Yes, yeah, so he's very—he's uh... a romantic. Yeah. Yes, yes, he's clearly a romantic. <laughs> <coughs> um, this came out of the time period when a lot of movies came out featuring ex-Vietnam vets that were mentally unstable. I think Rolling Thunder, yeah, it came out a few years before, which well, because right, yeah, I mean, right around this time, Rambo wasn't too far after this, and he was a Vietnam vet, and there were a few, there were there were a good amount of movies using that trope, you know, yeah, yeah, and it really gave all Vietnam vets a bad name because I mean, not all of them came back psychologically like that bad. True, I mean, they mm-hmm. all saw some, a lot of them saw some bad stuff, and you know, but it really it, that, that genre of movie using that really pigeonholed the veterans and probably didn't help with the public's view of them either. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, man. Let's hear it. Well, I, I, um, I, I explained uh good old. There's uh, an... Oh yeah. Don't forget about the nice muscles posing he does with the crucifix. Yeah. So <coughs> the, opening, John... the opening shot of the film. Yeah. He, so there's a, there's a frame of his crew is flexing his muscle in a pose. He does this a few times in the movie. He flexes muscles, you know, he, he uh, pumps iron. Right. Um, and there's a large crucifix there for some reason. Uh, they never really established the religious aspect, which I kind of wish they did. But what can you do? Yeah, um, would have been more effective the flexing if he didn't look like Bella Lugosi. Oh, that too. Yeah. I so mean, he, he was kind of. I mean, he was a. You tell he like was a. He was a big dude. Yeah. He wasn't. He, I wouldn't say he was ripped. He was a big dude. Yeah. Which is probably why he got so many roles. I mean. Um, but anyway, uh, between the murders, you know, I guess saying this is religious, twisted religious ceremonies. So we, we do see some sort of, you know, see some crucifixes, right? Right. But at the same time, I, I, I kind of wish they did more with it because usually with religious elements, that's more like, or with supernatural horror, you have that sort of super yeah, religious aspect yeah. or vice versa. But here you don't really, they have it, but they don't really... You know, it's not really there's, there's no supernatural element to it, but at the same time, it's like I kind of wish I did more with it because you know, because I feel like it gives some, it, it makes it there's a little bit more going on in the movie for that. It would have given it, it would have given it some depth. Yeah, yeah. it would have probably helped turn it in from a turn it from a mindless slasher flick to. Well, I guess, is it really a slasher flick though? I mean, I guess. Mm, yeah, it would have it would have it would have given a lot more depth to the story and the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was based on a book. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know how well of a job they did because I never read the book. Yeah. yeah, I think if they built on that and been like, well, okay, you know, he's conflicted. Or if, if he'd even visited the church and confessed. Mm-hmm. You know, something to show it. Because, well, go ahead. Continue. 
So, and we, we, we did kind of touch on the psychological, you know, disturbed Vietnam vet aspect. So uh, it, he does have these imaginary conversations with his dead father. So he just makes some racial uh, remark, uh, racist remarks. I remember that there's some profanity in there, but yeah, whatever. Um, I'm sure it, it, I don't think anyone listening has virgin ears, so they'll be okay with it. Um, and he, if you he watch the movies like, that, are, if you watch the movies that are on this show, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, he moves like a baby. There's a lot of this weird psychological stuff, which, you know, and, and Nicholas Worth does ham it up, which I like that, you know, he's, and the acting is kind of entertaining over the top at times, especially with Worth, not so much the other characters. But, you know, um, at some point, um, Kirk goes into, goes into town or into the city or whatever, and he makes, he, he makes a phone call. And this is kind of funny, too, where he calls uh, Lindsay Gale. She's a psychologist uh, on her uh, radio show. And he has a fa- he has a Spanish accent. Right. Yep. Which is really one of the which I thought was kind of entertaining <laughs> and uh, um, harassing her, telling her, you know, he's having he's having headaches, um, blackouts, things of that nature. He does follow. uh one of Dr. Gale's patients home for therapy session, he, he does, he, um, he tortures her to death essentially. Right. Um, yeah. so he, he uses his, um, he strangles them. I think the alternate title is the Hollywood strangler, but, um, he strangles his victims with a, a stocking as a coin in them, which I, which I think that is just, uh, I don't know how to word it, but it's just, like if you're having some pressing in your throat, right? You can't really breathe, so that's the that's why he has that coin in there, um, uh, right? Um, so we do see some of those. That's basically how he goes about killing the just with this talk. There's not a lot of gore in this movie, uh, which yeah, I can take or leave that. Um, and at some point, he he gets with the prostitute, right? Um, yep. He uh, murders the prostitute while the phone to Doctor Gale Show. And so Dr. Gale, she has to listen to him describe. She's really disturbed, right? She's like, oh, I think we got the guy, right? Because at the time, prior to that, there had only been reports of murders, but nobody knew who was committing them, right? Uh, but they were, they were piling up, right? And the police were sort of following the trail of the killer, right, before that. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so that, that is just one of the more, uh, I remember that uh, a good bit. Well, I don't know a good bit, but I remember it. And uh, so we, we meet uh, Detectives Hatcher and McCabe. And they're terms of these guys, yeah, they, they are goofy. Um, that's, uh, so McCabe is James Westmoreland and Hatcher is Ben Frank. And so they're, they're assigned the task of tracking out a killer, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's what they do being detectives, right. Um, working homicide, uh, because people are being killed. Right. Um, and well, so h- hence homicide. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> McCabe first questions on Riel. Uh, he's very upfront or very unsympathetic. She's just like, uh, I don't want to be around you. Very strong dislike. Very, um, uh, McCabe is just very to the point, right. He's like, mm-hmm. tell me what's going on. Like you're the killer, which right. you know he does have that sort of mannerism throughout the movie, where he's very brusque. He doesn't always think before he acts. He typically doesn't act, and so 
you know, that's just how he is. Um, but later he prevents one of her patients from committing suicide. I believe that was Sue Ellen. Um, because there's a, I remember she's about to jump off a roof and then so and so Gail Gail isn't able to help her. So then McCabe saves her from committing suicide, right? And then Dahio becomes fun of McCabe and they develop a they have a brief love affair, which yeah, I don't know if the, I, I don't think it would happen if a detective were to help uh, a psychologist patient. Maybe it depends on if they get along. And but hey, I, I guess they just felt like they, they had to have that uh, what do you call it, subplot to you know give give the characters something to do rather than just chasing around a killer and uh, taking calls over their radio show. Um. So that happens, right? And so there's a point where um, I think this is before, yeah, because I, I remember there's a there's a pimp character named Adkins, right? And so um, I think there's they have a conversation, but prior to that, uh, Kirk commits a murder and, and Adkins witnesses it, and so. Kirk confronts him and they have a fight, right? And, and it's, you know, I, basically, because he doesn't want word getting out that he committed another murder, right? Is what I was what I was able to figure out, right? And so they have a fight and it, it breaks a glass bottle over Adkins's head, right? The pimp. Um, this is also a drug dealer, right? So he um, he does he does show up a little later on. So Basically, uh, after that, Hatcher and McCabe, they, they, they sort of, since they're in pursuit of the killer, right, they're, they're looking for him. And so they talk, they're going around town asking people, you know, where could, they're looking for Atkins because they know he's the witness uh, of the murder. And so they talk to a bum and he's, and he's telling them, hey, uh, give me some money and I'll tell you where Atkins is. And, and, his, and McCabe and Hatcher, uh, you know, reluctant, right? They don't want to feel like they're being ripped off. And so <laughs> McCabe gives him five bucks, right? And he's like, hey, I thought you were going to be 10. He's like, nope, just, just five, man. Um, and so they go to this massage parlor or uh, even, I get, we just call it a whorehouse. That's what it is, right? That's a common thing, uh, especially back then, you know, massage parlor, uh, whorehouses masquerading as massage parlors. And so they're looking for the witness for Atkins, right? They want to question him and find out, you know, pinpoint Kirk, right? And so they go in and uh, doesn't go as planned, right? And so there's a, I, I thought they could have been more, you know, um, I, I guess subtle about it, right? Not, not, cause, not cause quite a commotion, but they do anyway. Uh, <laughs> and so... They, they cause a commotion and every like everybody and their brother is running out of the rooms in, in the whorehouse, right? It's, you know, they're making passing remarks, running around with chickens, like their heads cut off essentially, right? And I thought that was pretty funny, but in more entertaining scenes, I would say. And, and so um, the pimp attacks McCabe and Hatcher, right? Um, or I, I guess because they... Uh, cause a commotion, right? And and so, well, th that and he didn't know they were looking for him, right? Um, and so he attacks them, and then they shoot him, right, to death without being able to question him. And I'm thinking, well, 
if I was a cop, I wouldn't go that far if someone's attacking me. Defend myself, but it's like I wouldn't shoot the witness. It seems kind of stupid. <laughs> but hey, what, what can you do, right? That that happens in the film, and then we have another murder going on, right? After that, um, well, Hatcher and McCabe are saying, well, at least uh, they basically they're saying that oh, they thought we sent they sent out the vice squad, but no, we're homicide, right? And so they're like, oh, we have to fill out reports now, you know. It's like, uh. But then Hatcher tells him, hey, I'm not the one who shot the, the pimp. Right? <laughs> and so Kirk, there's uh, another scene here. Kirk is in for the scene of the next murder. The victim, victim's landlady. So this is where, this is another one of the scenes where he's posing, well, he's a photographer, but it's also his cover, right? And so that's what he's doing. He's covering up, okay, I'm going to photograph these ladies for my porn dealer. Right, and he shows a portfolio. Well, he does, right? He loses his portfolio after, after he, he, he commits a victim, he kills a victim, or then her landlady, and then he loses his portfolio over the scene. And so um, Heather, or Hatcher and McCabe, they they go to the murder scene, right? And they and they show the photographs to the local pornography dealer. Uh, that is Chuck Mitchell in the film. Um, and he identifies the photos as work of Kirk because you know, that's Kirk works for him. And he, but he doesn't know that Kirk is committing murders. He's just like, oh, he's just making a quick buck, right? And so um, high quality photographs, right, uh, of the pictures in the past is, is what uh, uh, Chuck, the porno porn dealer, has. And he gives, he gives it as an address, right? So that way they can. Go to the go to Kirk's house, confront him, right? Um, but he's reluctant to do so. But you know they do it anyway. And then so they go to first. But before that, they go to this. Um, this is kind of he's a I believe he's a toy maker. Um, and so he makes he they won't go to the wrong house. <laughs> and then and then so that happens, right? It's like oh you got, you guys have the wrong house, and you know. Um, the toilet's dealer's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not the guy you want. Um, so I don't know why they did that, but hey, uh, I guess this for the, this, the, the you know writers thought it would be funny, which kind of is. And uh, the detective shirts the detective shirts search Smith's apartment. They find pictures of Doctor Gale because he is yep. Doctor Gale is his yep. victim at this time, right? Yep. And they realize that well. He's, like I said, that's his victim, right? He's Dr. Little, Gale. He's a little off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, Smith, uh, so Smith has, uh, Kirk has Dr. Gale tied up, terrorizes her, right? Grants about his childhood. Uh, that's, yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, you know, and grabs her breast saying, you know, shut up or I'll tear your tit off. Very uh, obscene threats here we have going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But hey, yeah, well, uh, that was earlier in the movie. That was with that other, uh, no, no, it was with Dr. Dr. Gale. You're right. My bad. Yeah, Dr. Gale. So, right. So he's, uh, you, there are a lot of exposed breasts in this film, too. Um, yeah, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. yeah uh, 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 and so that come, that happens. And so, you know, McCabe goes to Dr. Gale home just in time to rescue her, right? And, and Kirk is there, right? Of course. Yeah. At it, right? And so, we have a scene here where uh, 
there's a productive struggle between McCabe and Kirk many times, uh, you know, but no confrontation. Um, which I, I, I kind of remember that before, because I've seen this before. And so, you know, that happens. And then he shoots uh, Kirk several times in the back, right? Yeah, and, he, um, <laughs> yeah. And then he falls into the pool, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's a bit of a dark movie. Mm-hmm. Literally and figuratively, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Kirk, you know, Kirk gets obviously he's dead mm-hmm. at the end of it. No chance of a sequel. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I don't know. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Maniac. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. If this sound if this makes any sense, it has a deeper plot line than Maniac. I, no, I Maniac, would say so. Maniac has a deeper plot line. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think so too. Which I found funny because they both came out around the same time. It, yeah, I mean, that was that was like the genre thing, though. That was like the in horror movie thing. Like, you know, the women in distress have to be rescued by a dude. That was the whole. You know, let's, how can we get? How can we see some boobs on the big screen? Have them rip mm-hmm. her shirt off. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, the murders, I mean, the majority of them, he strangles them, but he does mm-hmm. do stuff afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the acting's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, a I lot think of it's pretty bad. Nicholas I mean, Worth is probably the only one who, you know, he cams it up. I mean, I don't know. If it's, well, to, be, not, to be fair, he's over the, he's so over the top. Like, you have to, like, almost enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Chuck Mitchell's uh, was in this, and he uh, was a pornography dealer. I mentioned him because he was in Porky's. I've well, I've seen The Hearse, which I'm a fan of. He's in that, and um, they call me Bruce. I and, love and, they call me Bruce and Frightmare. I've seen he's in those in that as well. What I've seen, yeah. Are you hey. not bad in this? I mean, he's he only has a he's only got a few scenes. Yeah. 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 Well, he's like the only legit actor in the movie. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, the rest had some credits, but I mean, a lot, of, like we said earlier, it's weird. Three or four of them died like within 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange movie. It's, a, it's, it, I don't know. It's almost like you let a, a, a kid just discovering girls make a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I can't decide if I thought it was enjoyable to watch or not. Because some parts of it are really that bad. Like, uh, Yeah, I mean, I think the detectives are not like, like you said, the acting. Detective-y? Yeah. Oh, dude, it was like watching Cheech and Chong meet detectives. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I mean, apparently in LA, there are just hookers everywhere. Because he, I mean, everywhere he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, really? So I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't. I don't think. I, I don't think I would own it. I mean, I mean for I've many reasons. It. Because if this is if this is one of those movies you own, you better hope you have like a porn buddy. So when you die, they can raid your collection and take stuff like this out of it, uh, so no one else finds it. Yeah. Well, I had seen it because I think I bought it. I. I I guess I, I enjoyed it more when I first saw it, but now it's like, yeah, I don't know, you know, but I bought it because of the time I was a fan of it, but you know, I don't, 
but it's like, eh, I mean, you know. Well, I mean, the storyline of it, 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 it's a solid story. It, it's yeah. just poorly written and poorly yeah. acted. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's I mean, some problems with it for sure. Yeah. I just don't know if what's left there is enough for me to be like, yes, watch this. Mm-hmm. Especially after which reviewer, it's, some reviewer flat out said, don't watch this. Oh, it was um, um, Leonard Malton, get, Malton gave the film a bomb rating stating that it was another psychopathic Vietnam veteran killer film, warning readers not to watch the film. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean... And I like saying adios, creep. It's like, really? <laughs> it's just such a, like, that's the line you came up with? Yeah. Not, he went for a swim. <laughs> He's taking a bath. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, something more schwarzenegger Hmm. But um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's as bad as a lot of the reviews said. I, mean, I don't think so either. It, it's. I, don't, I mean, it, it's all. You know, now people are applauded for making low budget movies. Oh, it's so brave. Oh, look what they did with the budget. And you know, back then, or that people are like, oh, how dare they make a movie like this? Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I mean, I I can't tell you if I've ever seen it on TV. To be honest. There's a TV cut of it. I know that. Yeah. But I don't even know if I've ever seen it like on Skinamax or Showtime or any of those. Right. Right. So I mean, if you want to see it, you're going to definitely have to buy it. Well, it's on Plex too. But... Is it really? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's not, it's, it, to be fair, it's not long. It's like 90 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. What, what do you give it? I mean, I give it three out of five. You know? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what? I might go two out of five, two and a half out of five. Okay, okay. Because um, it, it's it's almost like the parts of it that are kind of gruesome are almost gruesome just to be gruesome. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you know, or like every he kills every victim the same way. All right, he's a serial killer. You know, because once they figure out who it is, I mean, it doesn't even take long to figure out who it is. Mm-hmm. And once they do, the cops are on his tail. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say two and a half stars. I, I think that's where I'll sit on it. So, because I don't want to say I don't. I don't think it's like a one star movie. No, I don't think so either. I, you know, I think sure. it's but as a B movie horror movie, it's average in that genre. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where I stand on it. I mean, the girls were nice to look at. Yeah, you know, there are some interesting lines of dialogue between them, but I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, not between the girls, but you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd say if you want, if if it, if you're into the, if you're into that kind of movie, watch it. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I sit on it. All right. Cool. Um. Yeah. You know. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, it was it was considered it was taken off the market in the UK, so that mm-hmm. means you should watch it right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for UK listeners, right? I mean, hell yeah. I know we have some, right? <laughs> we do. And if you can get your hands on this, go for it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they know how. 
Yeah, like I said, it was interesting because let's see, Ben Frank died at 56 in 1990, so 10 years after the movie. Nicholas Worth, he lived since 2007. Uh, Denise Gallick, she's still alive. I don't think Jay, I don't know if James Westmoreland, James Westmoreland died in, I think he, yeah. Outlived, outlived um, them all, or most most of the actors. He died in 2016. Yeah, Pamela Pamela Bryant died in uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's weird that that many actors from one movie are dead. Yeah, yeah. Especially a movie not that old. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We uh, we had, we enjoyed bringing this to you, and that. Yeah, I, I didn't mind doing the. Uh, uh, doing the talking for a change, and uh, you know, it's always, always I always I like doing that, and uh, you know, but uh, I like throwing it your way once in a while, especially when it's a movie you've picked that you're you're passionate about. Yeah, because yeah. I because I, I like hearing like you I, I like hearing you talk. Like a lot of mm-hmm. times, I think I talk too much, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I've been trying to balance that more. But yeah, if it, I, when it's movies that you've picked, I like I kind of like giving you more of the reins of it. Yeah. I think the fans like that too, because you know we always say and James, and then you just like what the, you laugh. Like no, no, James talks. Don't worry, <laughs> he's there. He's just not a pretty face. But thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks. We hope. Uh, well, we hope you. Well, I figured not hope, but I'm sure you enjoyed it, and uh, as we uh, enjoyed bringing it to you. Yeah, and uh. Stay tuned next time for well. Let's see what James. Got, what else James finds in his vault? Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll pick something. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs>